Yes, hello. I am James Rodens, and today it's the WNR 489. It's WWE Payback. I'm not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by, up first by my side for every WWE and AEW show, is, of course, the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. How's it going, Jaxie? Hello, hello. Doing well, thank you. How's things going? Oh, fantastic. You know, like, I'm glad we don't have like a documentary behind the scenes here because it would be a fucking mess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a shit show, so to speak. But don't but worry, we're here. We're, we're here, here. We're here. You know, like I said, that's, that's all that matters. And of course, you're in a good mood because last week you did win all in. And again, I'm going to mention it. Your WB record's not been great. So today for predictions, you're looking uh, to strike it hot again. Well, let's hope so. You know, my competitiveness never goes away. But yes, you've pointed this out several times. I have sucked when it comes to WWE so far. So let's hope with any luck today, I have a bit more luck on my side. Yeah, I'll just be fair, I'll be pointing out because it's trying to, you know, distract from how badly I have been doing. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it's weird because last night I was dreaming. I was locked in a prison cell. When I woke up, I was screaming, calling out someone's name. And the judge and the jury, well, they put the blame on me. They wouldn't go for my story. They wouldn't hear me plead because only she can set me free. Because I'm guilty, guilty as a boy can be. Come on, baby, can't you see? I stand accused of loving the first degree. I actually sound accused of loving the only G. Yes, it is, Gina. How's it going? Hey, what it do? <laughs> Great song choice. Love it, James. Thank you. Well, you know, Banana Rama. I know Monty this about it being an old song, even in my eyes. It's not that old. But anyway, Splitting Feathers. Gina, you're here. You're ready for payback. Uh, it's going to be quite a show. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to review this one. Well, actually, well, don't forget, last episode, we left it on a cliffhanger, which was the fact CM Punk had been fired. So we're going to catch up with that first and AEW because we had the media scrum after all in. We didn't manage with Tony Khan saying he can't address if an incident happened backstage. Don't worry, Tony. We found out it would. Uh, and also talking about criticism of the women's booking at all in and saying, look, guys, don't worry. The women have got a match at All Out. What should be worried about, you know? Uh, Jaxie, we've talked about this a lot. You know, Tony's kind of... The way he talks about the women's division, he's still... That's not his number one priority. Would that be fair to say? I, I, I think that's a fair statement to say for sure. Um, I do think that there, that there are other um, sort of um, veterans um, within the business that do... Um, have a focus on the women's division. However, I just don't think that these thoughts are being um, expressed enough to actually start making a bit of a difference. It's just, um, yeah, like there, there, there can be arguments um, when it comes to the women's division and how it's been handled, but really it, it, it's not fair to any of the women's division that like sort of the lack of consideration they're given by Tony. Yeah, I think that'd be fair to say, you know, the treatment... It's not been great, so hopefully that can be improved. Also, I'm glad that Tony treated All Out as an afterthought as opposed to kind of All In 
because there was no main event for All Out and it was a really poor episode of Dynamite afterwards. On Collision, Ricky Starks found out he had a strap match against the Dragon, but it wasn't Ricky Steamboat, it was Brian Danielson. Uh, Gina, Ricky Starks, Brian Danielson, of course we're going to talk about the match next week, but Danielson again stepping in for CM Punk. I know you love Ricky Stark, but goddamn, we love Brian Danielson here as well. So, I don't get me wrong. I was so excited for this. I part of me was like, "Ooh, my man's gonna get his ass kicked." But to be honest, I, I cannot complain about it. And again, it is just like you say, another one of the greats has to kind of come back probably a little bit sooner than maybe was planned to fill in for you know to clean up after CM Punk. Really, it was the same with Mox. He was due to go off on a long-term break after being the champ for God knows how long. And as soon as shit hit the fan, you know, with the elite with and punk, yeah. the can- man just wanted to go on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to cancel that. And it's like, don't get me wrong, I know that we were going to be expecting Danielson back soon because he had gone off on the injury with um, a card pad. Mm. So he has been on the mend from that. I'm not sure whether he was due to come back you know, at this time um, and whether they were actually saving that for a different moment. But clearly, if it wasn't planned for this time, they asked him to come back because of the shit hit in the fan with Punk. Um, so it's interesting just to see, you know, like these greats just come back and just be like, yeah, OK, I'll just take it, fill in the role and, and see what we can do here. And to be honest, it's actually a really good, um, good way of taking the heat and the thoughts off of Punk because everyone was just talking about Brian coming back, you know. Um, and I liked the little deceiving there of saying, yeah, yeah it's the dragon. Yeah. We, we it all stopped. How the hell is it? It stopped being about us here, old man. You know? Like, but, it, but it really was that, though, wasn't it? That, you know, after All In, which was a history-making event, um, everyone's afterthought and everyone's discussion was about what happened with CM Punk. So it was kind of like, yeah, again, a year later, he's somehow managed to make a great event become about him well, for other reasons other than the event. Weirdly enough, we have got a great event in Payback coming up. So let's make it all about him because that's what he likes first. <laughs> let's just talk CM Punk then because Tony Khan did release a statement. He went in front of the Chicago crowd in collision, which credit to him because he got a lot of booze uh, as well. And yeah. Tony's eyes, man. Fuck me. Too. Like... Dealer must be making a killing this past two weeks, I'm just going to say. Uh, <laughs> sure. But anyway, he said, uh, today I make one of the toughest decisions of his career. I terminate CM Punk. Stems for a backstage incident uh, at All In last Sunday. It was regrettable and endangered people backstage. He said, I've been going to wrestling shows for over 30 years and produced them for nearly four. Uh, never in my time have I felt that my security, my safety, my life, was in danger. My life, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, like, at Japan last year, I felt maybe my life was in danger when, with you two after too many. But again, like, Tony to say his life felt threatened. <laughs> uh, and obviously, talking yeah. about <laughs> the AEW discipline. I, read, I mean, I reckon picked up a plastic knife from catering and held it up right in front of Tony's face. <laughs> no, seriously, like, I mean, what it... happened? <laughs> I read, right. I, I again. Um. I, the one thing I want to actually give credit to Tony for, first of all, is the fact that this must have been such an incredibly hard decision to make on how to um address this situation. 
Firstly, they were in Chicago, which it was punk, Punk's hometown. You can not have him show up and you guys not address this situation within Chicago at that point. Um, and, you know, he took it chin on by actually going into the... Um, uh, out to the audience and, and taking all this didn't he? Yeah. yeah yeah he really did so you know fair play to him for that but his speech started very very you know sort of like um endearing in a way that like i could understand like his, his emotions and what he was saying at the beginning i can understand him being in, in such a tough position then he went into i thought my life was in danger i was like <laughs> what you like, I mean, like, do we actually think punk is a murderer? Well, do you know when someone, like, over-exit and then you start... Do yeah. You know, you've got one of those friends who tells you a story, then you stop believing it after you go, yeah. oh, yeah, the police showed up, and then there was a tank, and you go, there was no tank. Yeah. Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. Tony going, yeah. Oh, yeah, I felt threatened, and my life was in danger. Wasn't, like, you know, punk had, like, bomb strapped to like, <laughs> And what's going on? I will destroy... It's Wembley. not like he just, you know, went and found Arne Anderson's Glock and just <laughs> drew it. Yeah, TK like putting his head at gunpoint or something. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit far fetched. I, I couldn't help but like chuckle a little bit when he said that. Well, the question is now, and again, the thing is to talk about where CM Punk will go. But I want to talk. And Gina, I ask you first, and I ask Jaxie. Do you think CM Punk in AEW worked? I mean, I know what we're getting now, but do you think it was it was worth the risk Tony took? I think before things went sour with the elite yes it would have worked because of the attitude that punk came in with you know wanting to help get the younger talent across wanting to help continue build AEW to become a, a great you know company and and platform for wrestling to be on um so yeah before before things kicked off with the elite yes i actually thought it was going to start to go um, a, a great way, especially with, you know, Brian Danielson as well, there and Marks, we were going to get some great, like, pairings and, and stories be told. Uh, when things went sour with the Elite, that was kind of already the first warning sign there. And even then, I kind of thought to myself, how is he going to come back from this, though? And then, lo and behold, we just see a whole new show get made for him. <laughs> that was their solution. We're just going to put him on a whole new show. Uh... Um I, that and also allow it. him to believe that he is still the real world champion. Like, yeah, you know, just letting him that, that. that in itself is already telling you how difficult this this partnership was going to become after that first scenario. So again, with this second scenario, I can't blame Tony for for firing him, and I think it was the right call because you can't allow that to happen in your company and let others see that you'll accept that kind of behavior. Um, so, yeah, I can't really blame Tony here, but it's such a messy situation. It's hard. I mean, Jaxie, we talk about the kind of if it's worth it or not. Will CM Punk have a third go in AEW? Like, the, everybody's talking like this is that. If WWE people going, oh, WWE, I don't, you know, don't want to go there. What was saying Tony in a year's time doesn't pick up the phone to Punk and go, do you want to try again? Yeah, I mean, I actually can see that happening. Um, I think after, you know, like a good year or so, everyone would have kind of not fully forgotten all of this drama, but 
you know, hopefully moving on to focusing about the, the in-ring talent. And I think that we will just get this random surprise of, oh, yeah, we're in Chicago. Imagine if CM Punk just turned up. He will turn up. Um, you know I don't see him. announced really that week. <laughs> yeah, you know, they would have been booked on annual leave at this point. <laughs> um, well, I don't see Punk returning to WWE. Um, but I do see this being um, potentially like him just having a break. And then I do think he, if he's going to go back to any form of wrestling, it will be with AEW. Um, it is a shame. I was very excited to actually see him return after so many years away from the ring. Um, and I was excited for him to be kind of like uh, working with new younger talent um, and just, you know, being given the opportunity. Um it is a shame. I agree with my sister in, in the sense of it's just been a shame over the past year or so seeing not just um, all of this sort of like backstage business being aired out and, um, you know, for, for everyone to know about, um, but also just like really bad for backstage morale and stuff. You know, um, it, it's not going to do well for, if you think before uh, Punk had arrived, I think backstage morale was at the, its lowest um and i think over the past year there has been so many more sort of spats um not just not even just involving cm punk but just between other wrestlers as well but i think it's as a result of you know the original confrontation with the with the elite a year ago um so yeah just like my sister said um you know when you've got to look at what the common denominator here is and really just kind of take something out of that situation um in order for like so much of the twitter news not to be about backstage morale and and the dramas happening backstage but actually what's happening in ring and what the wrestlers are doing in ring and their talent that's what we should be like seeing and focusing on in in local media not not backstage dramas well this is the thing now and AEW got no excuse you know you want to go back to that kind of feel good AEW was what was it two or three years ago you know, the, the the cancer is gone. It's like you said, the problem now is no longer there. So let's let what AEW is like the next six months. See if they do have any more problems. You know what I mean? Cause like I said, that was the the main issue, and now the issues are so. As for you know, CM Punk for me personally, he the reason he left WWE because he had you know enough money to get by, and he didn't want to kind of do anything like that anymore. Same way he went to AEW, and like you said, want to work with the younger guys. If he cares about wrestling. He won't be waiting for AEW on the phone or going back for WWE. It would be showing up in Chicago in October for Impact Wrestling to give them, you know, the spotlight. He'll be having a match at Wrestle Kingdom next year to give New Japan the spotlight, you know, give back to wrestling or just bitch and moan about it and go on someone's pod, uh, you know, and complain and moan and then fall out with that person and end up going in a lawsuit as well. Punk's done it before, he will do it again. Uh, as for Jack Perry, remember him? He was involved in this as well. He has been suspended indefinitely by AEW. But Gina, I think this is a good thing because when Perry comes back, he's going to be like a made man. The reaction will be great and then he can start his heel run because he won't be liked by some as well because of this. Yeah, for sure. I didn't realise the suspension was in de- um, indefinitely at the moment. I thought, uh, I think I... I just assumed it would be for a couple of weeks until the heat dies down. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's actually a good move. Take him off the screens for a bit. You'll have people miss him so that when he does come back, you'll get that pop. But you'll still get that mixture pop. People excited to see him back. 
but also people who are kind of hating on him because you're the one who got punk fired sort of situation you know so it's definitely going to generate a a lot of heat when he does return but I don't think it's going to hurt Jungle Boy um if anything it's just going to actually help propel him forward I think without a shadow of a doubt it'll be interesting what happens when he does come back but that's it we're not going to talk about C and Punk we're going to move on to WWE now and of course we had Payback uh, and we had the fallout from SummerSlam how long does that feel talk about the amount of wrestling that, <laughs> that is on uh, my god that feels like a long time ago but on Raw August 7th Gable earned an IC title match beating Ricochet, Chumper and Riddle Nakamura, Kinshasa, Seth Look to turn heel. Smackdown August 11th. Ray become the new US champion. He took Santos's place and A-Town was down. Jaxi, what do you think about Ray Mysterio's US champion? Because Fury's reign kind of went out instead of a bang, didn't it? Yeah, it kind of did. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of not mad at this. I don't really mind that he's the, the champion, if I'm truly honest. Um. Not only is he just got a lot of respect behind his name anyway, but he delivers matching um, ma- match here, there and everywhere. And he is always at highest quality with Ray. So, I mean, again, I don't mind it. I just think that we really should be focusing more on re- having Ray uplift Santos Escobar. And right now it just kind of feels he currently is overshadowing that. Um, at the moment, I think he's doing good work with the LWO, but like having him become the champion has kind of like, you know, not made many people be talking about Santos here. And I thought, I th- I felt like this was, you know, an opportunity for Ray to be able to like uplift Santos. I hope they've got plans yeah. for this to kind of maybe, you know, switch to Ray losing the belt somehow, but Santos finally getting that that match because he was kind of cheated out that match by by Austin Theory, you know. Yeah. Um, so Santos may be thinking about Ray and like I said as we get towards Mania and stuff yeah exactly I don't know if there's going to be sort of like a heel turn here for Santos um, and and, and in which he will take the belt off of Ray himself Um, that could be the plans going forward Um, and I think that that would make a good storyline if anyone has followed Santos um, and the Legado del Fantasma from back in NXT they had a great heel run um, they've done great work as heels. I think they, um, they're they the type of wrestlers that can do um, face or heel. So I wouldn't mind this if this is what the build-up to like WrestleMania would be like because what better way to, you know, put the belt on Santos than at WrestleMania? So it, I won't be mad at that. But I just hope they've not forgotten him, you know? Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, speaking uh, about group tension, as it was, uh, Bloodline story was Jimmy claimed he saved Jack from corrupting uh, the power of the Tribal Chief and for being a liar and manipulative arsehole like Roman Reigns. Jay laid out Reigns with a spear, rocked Jimmy with a superkick, and proclaimed, I'm out of the bloodline, I'm out of SmackDown, I'm out of WWE. Now, Gina, what, we will get to this point, I think, with the bloodline, with something so good that maybe it doesn't make sense. But are they just prolonging it now? It seems with Jay quitting and Jimmy kind of this explanation is just it's some borrowed time at this moment you know yeah um again a lot of people can call me biased if they want because obviously I am a twin and I'm never gonna like twins being split up in any way shape or form um 
but it, there's just something about this that's not entirely working for me. Jay up and quitting doesn't really do anything for me. We know he's not fully quit. We know he's still getting his paycheck and we know he's going to come back in a couple of weeks when they're ready to continue his story. So the whole sort of dramatic quitting, it, it, it was a good segment. Don't get me wrong. I was entertained by it. It was a good segment, but it didn't really do anything for me because I knew he, he would be coming back at some point. They're not just going to end it like that. Like we know it's part of the storyline. So for me, it just didn't work. And Jimmy, the reasonings that he's had behind betraying his twin brother, it just is not enough for me. You know, I again, call me biased because I am a twin, but it's just, oh, me not wanting you to be as corrupt with Jay. And now they've split them up onto two different shows. It just feels a bit, oh. Yeah. You know, there's just not working. Jay wouldn't show up on Dynamite, so why even say that he's quitting? Like again, there's, there's other ways. Yeah, he didn't have the clause that Malachi Black had when he left, <laughs> did he? No, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we will talk about more Bloodline in a little bit. Raw August 14th, Piper Niven was Chelsea's green new tag partner and now tag team champions. And of course, because she became tag team champion, she got injured. Now, Jack, see, there's a lot of talk. Pod about the women's tag team titles. Is it indeed cursed? Yes, they are cursed. I can, in fact, confirm they are cursed. Um, and I just, I, I kind of feel for, again, Piper Niven for being injured. That sucks. And I really hope that she has a speedy recovery. But secondly, I really, I'm starting to feel for Chelsea Green. It, it's almost like she's cursed too. Like she can't get a, a decent tag partner. It was first Carmella. She, she gone. Then it was Sonia, she gone. Now it's Piper Niven, she's gone. Like honestly, I feel I'm starting to feel like she's cursed as well, you know? So I mean, you guys should have kept the NXT titles and gotten rid of the WWE ones. Um I don't I don't know how much this is working. I really want these women's titles to be elevated and used in the right way, but every single time it seems like we might be given a shot, WWE screws it up or injury happens you know like we had such a great run with the iconics getting the belts um they decided to let them go biggest mistake that wwe could have made um but then we had a good run with sasha and naomi having the belts they screwed them over they walked out so that was like you know the end of that run even bailey and sasha's run uh, original first one was great um but then you then you give us the potential Shayna versus Ron, uh, Shayna and Ronda. But then you decide straight away, no, actually Ronda wants to go soon, so we need to scrap that plan to have to elevate these titles. So you know, it's just like there's been no good storylines that are, are, have even been attached to them at this point. So it's like how much more? Like I just feel like it's just doing less good for the women at this point. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a thing as well. It's like maybe WWE didn't just have one or two women's tag teams and actually built a division that having an injury to a team wouldn't make a problem. But like I said, it you know, like <laughs> imagine how good it would actually be if they if they didn't have like women constantly turning on each other, uh, you know, <laughs> here here there and everywhere, like you know, every oh two God. seconds. You think that's bad? Imagine. Don't watch NXT. It happens every minute in the car park usually as well. It's like Cluedo. It's like, you know, no, everyone is, no one's going to believe that when people get together as tag teams now, because we'll be like, you two are turning on each other in two weeks, watch. 
Well, literally, people think the only reason to have a tag team is so they can turn on each other and have a feud. Like, I don't think people know in WWE it, what they, a tag that team is, actually is. Yeah, I think that is the only reason why Vince allows tag team matches to happen because he's like, yeah, we're going to put this together and then they're going to turn on each other for a storyline. <laughs> yeah, Just to the... give the tag, the tag division something to do by pairing two singles people as a tag instead of using real tags um, and then just breaking them apart all the time again. It's like a constant cycle. Back to the Attitude Era. And I knew that we still had tag teams that would break up in the Attitude Era, but it wasn't done sort of every other week, you know, or putting together a a tag team for two weeks and then splitting them up and turning them on each other two weeks after putting them together, you know. And it just feels like that's all you're doing at the moment. You had such a good tag division and it feels like you've just broken them down and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's even like with McIntyre and Riddle teaming now, and you're going, well, we know what's going to happen. Like, they've been put together as a tag team, so one of them could exactly. turn in the night, you know. Exactly, and it's just kind of like, but why are we focusing on that within the tag team division when we've got teams like Viking Raiders, the New Day's just returned, you know, uh, Gable and, and um, you know, Alpha Academy, sorry, Street Profits. We've got all of these, like, you know, big names within the tag division and yet a majority of the screen time are going to tag teams that have been put together with between two individuals yeah okay. originally a tag team you know like how about we focus the tag team division on those tag teams yeah uh chance to be a fine thing we'd rather have like stuff on raw like hitting on maxine as we saw but uh speaking of imperium at this point at that date august 14th Gunther was only three weeks away to be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion, which was longer than the reigns of the three-week period of waiting, longer than the reigns of Sami Zayn, Finn Balor, Edge, Lashley, Ryder, Dolph Cody, Jericho, Johnny Knight, Rivedy, Kane, Tess, Jeff Hardy, Triple H, Billy Gunn, China, Rikishi, Goldust, Road Dog, Razor, Double J, Diesel, HBK, and the Mountie. They all held the title during that reign of less than three weeks, which was Gunther had to wait to become the longest reigning. When you think about that, that is a head fuck. Nakamura explained he was frustrated everything, uh, with everything, even himself. He wants to show his true nature. On SmackDown, August 18th, LA Knight's opportunity challenge for the US title when uh, he cost him his match against Austin Theory. I mean, Miz should just start a hill stable with Theory and Waller. And just be dicks, you know. That's all they have to do. Blair was assaulted by. I can't Demacon- mind that, you know. That would give me something to do, you know. Just be the old man. Stick pretty deadly in, and then you got a crew of five just absolute dicks. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> like and and just make Miz like the worst like leader, like comical leader. Like just make him like just the like the worst. Like he always gives like bad advice, and it just sucks for like, the scene all the time. Please give me that. That would be great. Uh, Bianca Belair was written out of TV, assaulted by damage control, and in the 25th year celebration of Edge, he may or may not have had his last match ever, beating Sheamus in an epic match. Now, Gina with Edge, 25 years in, should he call it a day? Was this the perfect ending, or should he join AEW called Ledge? <laughs> no, I actually think that this is um, a good time for Edge, and I think he actually should just leave it as that. I think for him, again, remember, he was out for years with such a bad injury um, and it was such a shock for everyone to see him return. Um, 
And even with his return, he had a great run. He still, you know, helped elevate other other people, showcased how much he still has in him to like put out there for us as a wrestler. And I think that it's just a great way to kind of leave your mark there. He had a great last match with Sheamus and the match was such a banger. I, I think for now, especially with him and his health, and I, do, I don't doubt that he's not fit and healthy, um, but I think in a way, I, I think he wants to be able to be, you know, an older man that still has use of his back and his legs. So it would be a, a good idea maybe for him to just leave it as it is. I don't think he'll go to AEW, especially because Christian is there as well. It just seems like too typical of a move for him to do, such as others have done in the past. So I think Edge will leave it there. That's just my personal opinion. Mm. Well, August 21st, Raw, Gable became the first man to beat Gunther on the main roster. Unfortunately for Chad, he's by count out, but the future is looking bright for him. Nakamura cut a great promo. He knows Seth has an injured back. August 25th, SmackDown, W honors the life and legacy of Bray Wyatt. Now, it's something I've discussed with Monty on the pod, but of course with you two I haven't. So, Jaxie first. Uh, of course, we lost Bray Wyatt. It was a shock for us. How how did you feel when you heard the news? And of course, uh, how has his legacy kind mm. of affected you in that way? I mean, this really did kind of come as a shock. and I, I felt an instant amount of deja vu in terms of I'm pretty sure that like this comes like a week or so before the anniversary of Brody's passing um it was it was a shock to us all I think as well because of it came at the most sort of exciting weekend for us within the UK that had luckily gotten tickets to go to see all in um and I can't even imagine what it was like for you know some of uh Bray uh, or Wyndham's uh, friends within AEW having to still perform as well probably was really hard on them. Um, so I think this hit everyone across the board. All I could think about was, you know, Wyndham's family, um, his brother, Jojo, the kids, um, everyone that really has, he, his, he's touched so many lives of those that, of thousands of people that hadn't even met him or he had met them. Um so his legacy will definitely live on. This was just very hard to um it was it was very hard to process as well as you know sort of prepare ourselves for getting ready to go to see some live wrestling ourselves. So it it was just a bit of a there was a lot of uh, mixed emotions upon finding that news out. Yeah, no, it was really, really tough. And Gina, we talk about, you know, Bray Wyatt legacy and of course a lot of people compared him to the Untaker. But now, I think with Bray, people can start appreciating his actual work. And rather than comparing him to other wrestlers, realise there's not going to be another guy like him, you know, from a standpoint, from, you know, the Firefly Funhouse to the Fiend to the family, you know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it was so shocking to find that out. And it, it, it personally was a tough week for me that same week. And my highlight was that weekend coming to London and going to this wrestling event after such a a really tough week in in my own personal life. So hearing this about Bray, it really it really just hit thick in the gut. You know, he was so young, and it's so sad to hear. And you know, my my love and blessings go out to the family and friends of Wyndham. Um, 
And I, I have to say at the, the All Out event, just seeing so many fans turn up at the event with grey T-shirts and, and RIP Wyndham T-shirts was really lovely to see. Um, but again, I think, as you just said, people will start remembering Bray for actually everything that he brought to the wrestling community rather than just him being known as the next Undertaker. I think we can all give him his own legacy here rather than being sat on some coattails of another wrestler. Um, like you said, he's had numerous different personas in the WWE. And I, anyone who tuned into any of his work before the WWE will be privileged enough to hold those memories, you know. But um, it's just a tough situation to see because we were so excited but so sad at the same time. Yeah, without a shadow of that. Like I said, he will be missed. And uh, the, the quote that will stick with me is, uh, if you need me, I ain't hard to find. All you got to do is look up in the sky and follow the buzzards. R.I.P. Bray Wyatt. And it was a tough week in wrestling as well because on SmackDown, Cody Rose paid tribute to Hall of Famer Terry Funk. Talk about how gritty, tough, wild cowork he was. Uh, Rose introduced the next match between Street Profits and the Brawling Brute. Terry Funk hardcore match. And of course... That was fine. And in the main event, LA Knight uh, beat Finn Balor. Of course, someone Balor who was um, synonymous with Bray in the fusy hands. And of course, LA Knight being Bray Wyatt's last opponent. He said, Miz, a wise man once told me, the next time you see me, run. And Raw, August 28th, Priest beat Zayn thanks to Devlin. But Damien wasn't happy about it. Miz gave an Oscar-level performance, dressed as LA Knight. Jaxi, the Miz dressing up is such an underrated thing. And I think with this feud, I realise just how good he is. Do you know what I mean? As like a dickhead hill. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry. He, I really had to double take. Um, his, his look was just absolutely well done. Like, he would be the top cosplayer at any convention, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. I thought he did an amazing job. And the promo that he cut as well. Like, you know, we, we say that Miz is a joke character and everything like that, but when he actually has decent people to work with, like, and can build with, like, Miz is so good at, like, promos anyway, hosting everything that he does. But, like, instead of making him come across as the biggest joke, um, you you find yourself still entertained because of what he's, he, we all know he is able to do. So I'm I'm finding myself more and more intrigued and excited between this feud between them the two of them. Yeah, well, shout out me too, and I'm really really surprised. You know, because the Miz is just like what who? But you know, uh, we move on SmackDown September first, the Go Home Show. We see T Cena tells us he will host Payback. Jimmy interrupted him. Uh, Cena said the wrong Uso quit and then hit an AA. Jimmy stormed around backstage, disrespecting Mia Yim. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but the Good Brothers are literally there for a check. DJ uh, got so annoyed. You know, Miriam's like, hey, Good Brothers, Jimmy's been horrible. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Just we're not we're not causing any trouble. And AJ was like, no, I'm so pissed off. I actually want a match. Uh, before that, we see Bobby Lashley explaining he had aligned with the Street Profits because real recognized real. Montez Ford Dawkins gave the almighty thanks for helping them. Lashley warned that they were after power control and championships i mean gina this is this is what we call them hurt business or not it doesn't matter these three are going to dominate wwe sooner rather than later 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, this is this is what the street profits needed. I feel um, they needed not not Bobby per se, but they needed some sort of different angle to give them because we've kind of seen the same thing from them. And it's not that we were getting bored because they're always thoroughly entertaining to watch, but they were being given the same type of matches and the same storyline. So they needed something new and different. And Bobby returning and them pairing them up together, it is really working for me at the moment. Um, I'm not looking at it like a replacement hurt business. I hope that they give them like a slightly different name um, because I don't want to kind of shit on Shelton and... Cedric like that I think those two were were brilliant in the Hurt Business and I don't think that they need replacing um this just needs to be a new faction that Bobby's got himself and I really like the Street Profits in suits they look good you know <laughs> so um I think it's working at the moment and I'm hoping that the storylines kind of continue to work in their favor and make this work and they don't ruin it you know yeah well someone called them the Street Profits the other day I think which I thought was quite smart I I actually agree with you sis as well I I don't want uh, the Street Profits Alliance with um, uh, I don't want it being kind of overshadowed or like compared to what he had done with the Hurt Business so hopefully they won't come up with um, the same name but I don't know if the Suit Profits really is a, a, a good enough choice considering obviously this would be no, including be. Bobby. So let's hope he just comes up with a, a, another impressive name. Yeah. Solo versus AJ in the main event. Jimmy Uso tripping the Phenomenal One, allowing Sakoa to hit the Simone Spike to win. Afterwards, Jimmy got a spike, nearly got a spike of his own, but Paul Heyman called him off. Jimmy in a now styles with the Uso splash. More on that on the SmackDown after payback. But now it is payback. September 2nd, the kickoff was Kayla Braxton, Jackie Redman, Pete Rosenberg, Booker T and Wade Barrett. Grayson Waller joined the panel. He tells us Cody has breaking news. Uh, he also he will beat Ray. And he hates Cena's book. And he also backs Mill at uh, Miz. But he's a silly hill. But he's good. I'm starting to like Waller. Maybe on the mic better than in ring. But hey... And then we see the cage coming down to end the kickoff as the main show. And I've got to say, this is probably the first PLE this year that I haven't felt kind of excited for, if you guys know what I mean. I mean, I don't think any must-see matches. We have been spoiled since the Rumble. I don't think about it. So I think tonight is going to be down to in-ring action. And we start off with a steel cage match, Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. And I tell you what, the production crew are top class to make this feud look exciting, because we all know <laughs> this has been this has been a long road to get to. Uh, but this was Trish's first steel cage match, one her body will not forget, as she sported a huge knot on her forehead, uh, bruises, welts, decorated her arms, paying homage to the competitors involved in the first women's steel cage match, Victoria Lita, Stratus broke out a widow's peak. Well, Lynch delivered a twist of fate. There was an ode to Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from SummerSlam Night Floor with a floor with Lynch trapping Stratus in the cage, preventing from reaching the floor. Lynch delivered a damn suplex from the top of the cage. It likely hurt every bit as much as Stratus sold it. Uh, Starks got involved, but she got hers and Bex hit an avalanche slam for the win. After the match, Trish 
Bray is Zoe Stark for being left lying in the center of the ring. Whew. Gina L-E. You know, you talk about this feud maybe going too long. And these two women absolutely put on the show. Yeah, Becky and Trish brought it, and they brought it hard. This was such a great opener. I, I could not take my eyes off of the screen. It was so good. And Be- uh, Trish just brought so much A-game that I didn't realize she still had in her. I mean, she was still putting on good matches, don't get me wrong, but she was she was jumping up on the top. She she was everywhere. She was bumping <laughs> she had her like head Darby Allen. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh my god, like this is a Darby Allen or Sting moment for for Trish. Like seriously, she her head was pressed so hard that it indented the the cage into Trish's forehead. It was brilliant, and like I think I think at one point I thought Becky had it when she uh, not Becky, sorry, Trish had it when she did a bulldog from like the top rope with. Uh, Becky and I thought oh no that's it top rope bulldog and it's a standard you know finisher for Trish that looks great I thought she had it then but no she did kick out and the ending I think the ending just worked well they made this feud feel so big just by this one match that I think like any way it would have ended I would have been happy I would have been happy with Trish winning but I also would have been happy with Becky Um, and we knew that we knew uh, Starks was going to get involved. We just knew it because she's been sort of the right hand man for Trish throughout this whole feud. So it would kind of feel a bit left out if if she hadn't got involved. Um, but it kind of also solidified stuff between her and Trish as well, you know. So I thought it was a good way to end the match the way they did as well. What I found funny was Trish has worn that mask for how many months, and the one match she doesn't wear it, she get twatted right in the head. Like that is that is irony. That is <laughs> it is. She doesn't blame Adam next week and say it's not fair. You didn't let me have the face guard in the steel cage man. <laughs> And this is being and and Jaxie, I don't know about you, but you know, as Gina says as well, with Trish, you know, this return has had many ups and downs. But I think unlike maybe other legends who returned to the ring, she actually managed to put a career best performance in this one and this is what we're going to remember about her return this year now Mm -hmm. definitely um i have to agree with that um you know we we've seen trust uh kind of do this um back in when was it was it 2017 or 2018 when evolution happened i did not expect her to pull off a match like she did against charlotte Flair, um and that was one of the best matches of the year um, for me in wrestling. Um, Trish is just, she's, she's, you know, kind of got something in her that, like, really still just drives her. And just to deliver this caliber of a match with Becky, it was just incredible. This match for Becky as well was so, um, what's the right word? It, it was just impressive for, like, Becky to pull off a win when she had the odds stacked against her 24-7. And even at one point, Becky was just like, do you know what? She's at the door with uh, Zoe Starks in there. I want them both. And she just kicked their ass. Like, this was a great show for Becky. Like, she looked and came across so dominant, so strong. And this is why people love her. So uh, this match for me blew it out of the park for me. I was like, oh, okay. Just like you, James, not really looking forward to this 
uh, premium live event. Uh, not really feeling there's been much build-up for a lot of the matches. And then the women start out and produce this. <laughs> you're, wel- you're welcome, Vince. You're welcome. But this is, again, yeah. this is what the women can do. Uh, and especially, exactly. you know, you give them 20 minutes. And again, it'd be interesting to see who the producer of the match was because they think the visuals and the match was put together perfectly, you know. Uh, and and again, as we spoke, speak about with uh, Becky Lynch, when she's got the kind of emotion, it's a bit like the Miz in a weird way, you know. When she's in a feud and she's got that emotion, it's a big time situation. Becky always delivers, and again, this was just brilliant all round, you know, really, really impressive. So, Gina, a easy question: What would you score this out of five? Oh, this is a five for me. Yeah, yeah. I cannot remember the last time we started the show with a five, uh, Jaxie. Absolutely the same five. Yeah, that shadow of a doubt. Great way to start. Predictions for the prediction leagues 2023. So this is after all in, before all out and payback. And it's very difficult to try and keep up with all the scores <laughs> with all the events going on. But bonus league at the moment. Jaxie, Gina are tied on 11. I'm on 14. Monty is on 15. AEW, uh, Gina and I are on 2. Jaxie, Monty on 3 there. And WWE, Jaxie's on one. James, Monty, Gina, all on four. As for the predictions for here, we all went Lynch, so we're all on one. We get a great promo video for Nakamura and Rollins. Cena arrived. Why didn't he start the show if he was a host? But then again, I suppose the cage was down, so we couldn't, you know. Um, he says, I've been a prototype, a doctor, but I've never been a host. Miz interrupted. He said, you're, always, you're almost old and you're still dressing like a Teletubby. Uh, Cena was the special ref for the next match. I mean, Jaxie, did Cena have to be referee for this match? Didn't Wasn't the Miz and night big enough? Right. I mean, do you know what? This, this really fucked with my predictions. So I'm really pissed off about this because why couldn't, if you were going to do this, why couldn't you have announced that before? Because my predictions would have been way different if I had known. That John Cena was going to be the goddamn uh, special guest referee. So, yeah, this pissed me off. I wasn't impressed. I was like, go away, John. (laughs) I need to speak to you about predictions (laughs) afterwards. But, yeah, I mean, we talk talk about the pop LA Knight got was enormous and chance of LA Knight were equally allowed. Uh, There was a few teasers of Cena inadvertently costing Knight and obvious interactions between him and the A-lister. Knight nearly rocked Cena with a right hand but pulled up. Allow Miz to hit the skull-crushing finale for Jaxie to think nearly it was gone, but he managed to kick out. LA Knight put Miz away with a BFT, and Cena shook Knight's hand afterwards in a show of respect. Uh, all right, Jackson, then what were your thoughts on this match? Because I know it pissed you off because you went Miz. Why the fuck did you go Miz anyway? Why? Listen, I went Miz because I thought that we were going to be going for, you know, a really nice long-standing feud between these two. I thought Miz would have his dirty tricks. Um, we've all seen him be friends with Grayson Waller, so I thought maybe there could be some interference with that. But I did not account for him, John fucking Cena to become a fucking <laughs> special guest referee, okay? So fuck you, John, because you screwed my predictions up. And yeah, that's why I lost my first one already. So... Yeah, I'm doing good. Gina, the match was fine. <laughs> I was about to say, Gina, were you happier to see Cena than maybe Jaxie was? 
How, how did you think that went? Um, it's not that I wasn't happy to see John Cena. I'm a bit like you. I was like, if he's the host, he should have opened. I get it. It was a steel cage. Um, so they had that down already. But they could have even just had John backstage just saying, welcome, everyone, you know, and do some cheesy opener. Um, do I think that he needed to be a special guest referee in this match? No, I didn't. Regardless as to my my prediction for the match, I just think it actually took away from Ellie Knight and The Miz. I think like everyone was more interested in what Cena was going to do there. Um and like them teasing that LA Knight was going to hurt like Cena when he's meant to be the baby face in this match as well. I just didn't believe it, you know. He's not going to hit him. I I really didn't see it like that. So for me, I was a little bit not annoyed that John Cena had inserted himself in the match, but I was like just why? You know? So um yeah, uh, I, it wasn't that much of a big deal to me, and I did get the the point, so it, it hasn't affected me. But I did just find it really random and weird that he inserted himself into the match like that. Well, and part of yeah, me kind sorry. of feels like saying justice for the Miz. <laughs> well, this is the thing: it's like you want to make LA Knight a star, and then you have John Cena eclipsing him in his in his suppose it was Michael said his biggest match of his career. But again, both men working together for the first time. And again, Jaxie, I think you're right. This is not the la- This is not the end of the feud. But what would you get out of five for this matchup? I mean, like, I'm not going to take it away from LA Knight or the Miz. It was a it was a decent match between the two of them. I didn't really feel the need for John Cena to be there, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a three and a quarter. Three and a quarter, Gina. Yeah, um, it. I mean, it was a good match between them both, but I, yeah, I think John Cena kind of ruined it a little bit for me, rather than added to it. So for me, it was like three and a half. Yeah, only give it three point nine five. Apparently, it's LA Knight's biggest victory of his career. So we're gonna find out what happens. Predictions, believe it or not, Jaxie went Miz. For anybody that missed that, uh, the rest went L A. Yeah. So Jaxie's on one. The rest is on two. We have yes, night- we, all, we all knew that I went with Miz, James. Thanks for pointing that out yet again. <laughs> oh, God. I, I do love you guys. It really is a laugh. Uh, at the United States Championship, Raymond's Dio versus Austin Theory. Mysterio off the challenge of the challenger. I'll be counting in A-Town down and stacking the hill up for the pin full victory. LWO celebrated with Mysterio after the match. So there's no signs of tension between a group and their leader. Uh, Gina, what do you think of this? Because I was just like, why is this here? You know? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. This was the bathroom break um, type thing. You know, I, I, I wasn't... It's not that I wasn't invested, but again, I feel a little bit that Santos was cheated. So... It felt bittersweet. To see, I was happy to see Austin lose the belt. Don't get me wrong. I was happy to see him lose it because he's an arrogant little prick. And <laughs> I was sick of seeing him with the belt. But I, I also, in a way, just couldn't help but think for Santos because I felt like it should have been him in this match winning it. Not that I'm not happy with Ray getting it, but I just still felt like it should have been Santos. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I mean, I don't think this match needed to be on the show over, like, maybe the Intercontinental title match, but it needs to be like two, you know? So, you know, Theory was 
Battle Royal, Summer Slams, the single match here. But I think that's the bigger question, Jackson. It's not about kind of we know what's going to happen with Ray in the LWO. It's what's next for Austin Theory now because he's had his US title run. Does he go to tag team yeah. with Wallow now, or you know, can he? I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's certain different ways to go, isn't it? You can't really see. It's hard to say, but you can't really see him in like a big main title run picture yet. Um, especially with um the type of wrestlers that are in the sort of main title current picture. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you? Thing I, I I don't really feel like Austin Theory's character is would play well with friends, you know. Like I don't really see him like having like a, a. You could pair him with Grayson Waller, but I just feel like those it will again be what we were just discussing about the tag team division of putting two people together that are eventually going to turn on one another because Austin Theory doesn't play well with others. So I think eventually, even if like you know he does have some form of success with Grayson Waller as a tag partner, it's not going to last, you know? Mm. Well, it's not exactly... I personally which one think if they're going to put him back into that sort of group picture title thing, then they should just give him back to Johnny Gargano because then that will at least give him some form of storyline too. So I don't know if that would work for them, but like at this point, I don't know where... Because I don't think... Austin yeah, but where's Johnny? Johnny? Like, no one's seen Johnny. That's what I mean. So, at least he's going to give Johnny a storyline again, you know? But, like, right now, I don't see Austin being thrust into a main title picture run. He's had his run with this this belt. I mean, yes, he could possibly go from one of the other belts. But aside from that, it's going to be more on the tag scene. And I don't know if it will work with Grayson Waller. This is is a problem. You know, theory this year at WrestleMania faced John Cena. Will we have a bigger match than that in next year's WrestleMania? At the moment, you know, Magic 8 Ball future doesn't look good, does it? So it'd be interesting to see kind of what they do with him. Uh, but, I mean, the match itself, I mean, uh, Gina, what would you score out of five, Fury and Ray? Yeah, that can have a three and a half as well. Three and a half. Jaxley? Yeah, three and a half seems about right. Give it three and a quarter just to be a rebel. Predictions: You went Ray, so Jackson on two, the rest is on three. Kathy view Becky Lynch, but Tiffany had an epiphany. Beck says she will see her soon. Then we had the Still City Street fight for the undisputed W Tag Team Championships: Zayn and Owens versus Judgment Day Priest and Balor. The crowd was hot, and there was chaos all over the place. The four of them hit each other with everything but the kitchen sink. Dominic Mysterio would eventually show up to help and Balor dump Owens and Zayn over the hockey boards. When Owens and Zayn's popped back up, there were pit penguins, hockey gear. We got into a hockey fight and that chased Mysterio to the back. Owens was busted open. The visual of Owens walking towards us, bleeding, and I was like, you don't get that on WWE pay-per-views anymore. And the medical team had to patch him up. But Dominic would turn up uh, later to take a swanton bomb from Owens off the railing through a table. Owens almost overshot Mysterio, but got enough to break the table. I mean, fucking hell. That was, you know, Owens has just come back from injury, and he's, I mean, it's just fucking crazy. Uh, we then see Zayn match one, only for JD McDonough saving the match. Owens wipes him out <laughs> with the pop-up powerbomb, which looked like it broke his back on the announce table. 
Uh, Ripley speared Owens through the barricade. Did she forget she had a match next? Uh, and then the money in the bank came into play as Dom smashed Zayn in the head and let Balor get the win. Your new tag team champions, Judgment Day. I mean, is the same in the water? Because we weren't expecting that first match. Fuck was I expecting this one. What happened there, man? What a incredible match. Yeah, this was so good. Um, both tag teams, like, continuously deliver. They Judgment Day continue to get better and better. KO and Sammy. Again, like you just said, KO has literally just come back from injury. And do you know how many spots he took in that match? He took a spear from Rhea through, through the barricade, for fuck's sake. Like... What the fuck? This match was nuts. I absolutely loved this match. I just thought that it was just hectic right from the beginning. Um, It was messy, and I loved it. Um, seeing Dom come out was the first time I've ever actually cheered seeing Dom come out because I really wanted Judgment Day to win the titles, and I was like, oh, my God, if Dom don't come out and help them and they actually lose this without any of his help, I hope they blame him. But no, he came out. He came through. <laughs> Um, this match was so fun. It, it really was such a fun match to watch. So I really enjoyed it. It was crazy to see Kevin Owens turn Jeff Hardy. Like you said, it really was. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. And Balor becoming a Grand Slam champion. But again, I mean, Gene, it's just a pleasant surprise. This feud has gone on for ages. You know, Owens is saying in Judgment Day. And they and they literally threw everything at it. And it again, this was just a wild, crazy, like Terry Funk-inspired brawl, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it feels like it took ages for the Judgment Day to get here. But that's what makes it even more exciting when they finally get them. Because you, you've got to see that, you know, journey and progress. And yeah, we talk about sometimes some uh, feuds go on for too long. But when they're done right, like this, it's like a payoff at the end. And for Judgment Day, it is that payoff. They had all the advantage, all the same before when trying to get the titles. They've had, you know, the four over two person's advantage they've had help from Rhea and Dom countless times but it's just never worked for them and this time it did work and so that's why I'm super happy that they've got it not just because I went with them in my prediction but because I I knew at some point Judgment Day needed those belts um so I'm glad that they actually did it here and it was a great match just like you guys said well but you're right again I mean what a year for the Judgment Day you know from where House of Black ripoff Dark Order ripoff to the most dominant faction in WWE. And if you'd have said that, like, even six months ago, we would have laughed, you know. But now, like you said, holding the tag titles with right. Ripley and with the you money know, in the who bank. Who knew that everyone, who knew that so many audience members were going to actually be having signs that said uh, about mommy, calling, starting to call Rhea mommy and, yeah. and everything like that. And it works so well. Like, if, I absolutely love this faction. If Dom wasn't in that group, they would be cheered like LA Knight now. You know, Dom is the only thing keeping them kind of heels in that way, you know. Uh, I absolutely love what Dom is doing. I mm. honestly think that this was the best thing for him to do was to split away from Ray and actually start creating a legacy of his own. And I could see him growing so comfortable in this role um, and just kind of reveling in like, you know, how how hated he is really he's just going with it um and and that takes a lot of guts as well to like have so many audience members like booing you consistently to the point where you can't talk and things like that and he is just doing so well in this role you have to actually give him a bit of 
um respect in that in that sense um especially with being so young and so new to uh the wrestling ring um, and everything that it can bring with it. So I think they're doing an incredibly great job and it's really hard because you, you hate to love them. Uh, they're supposed to be bad guys, but I, I still love them all. <laughs> but the thing is though, and again with Dom getting more experience and getting better. So the North American title, he was going to hold on that forever, but now us title seems feasible. And especially with his dad holding that title, you know, <laughs> it seems like, there's a match there. Oh, damn. Yeah, that is definitely... So, again, wait, this goes back to my other question of well, what's in store for Santos then, because as much as we were just talking about what, what great a match that could build up to at WrestleMania, also, now I actually could see them having Dom versus Bray round two, you know, for the title at WrestleMania, and that actually would make some for some really great storytelling uh, that you could really get started with. Um, over this next year because of like we've you know we're already like partly through the year now anyway so you could really start building this story of Dom coming for for a race title Um, and and again extra fantasy booking as well finally is of course Priest's money you know he will eventually cash in become world overweight champion and then Judgment Day could use a free bird rule to have Devlin and Balor as tag champions so then everybody can hold gold in a Roman. Oh god, that would be that would actually make them so dominant and become the new bloodline really. Like especially like it it would just actually uh work so well, especially because they dominate Raw at the moment. So you've got to imagine like, you know, they've not forgotten about Seth. Um Damien is eventually coming for Seth and that actually would really slot well with having maybe him taking that title and having J D kind of come in as Finn's tag partner because they work well together as well. So yeah, that would tie it up really nicely. Let's see how things it go. It makes sense for them to start doing something between Dom and Ray as well at this point because at the moment Judgment Day are probably going to start turning up on both shows, seeing as you know Finn and and yeah. and Reese have the belts. So it's not going to surprise me yeah, if yeah. Dom and Rhea don't turn up on SmackDown as well with. With Dom's gonna the, be like, yeah, hey dad, you ran to SmackDown to get away from me, and here I am. Hey, old, that's around your your waist right now. I'm kind of jealous, and I want it. You know, that's that's such a good like way to get them two back into like this feud. But the thing is, as well, you know, people say Owens and Zayn. It's a, it's a little bit unfair on them and their booking. But the thing is, this is like I said, it's about the judgment. You know how talented Owens and Zayn are that they can either compete for tag titles again or the way they got screwed out is still open. Uh, and also, like, you know, with Gunther as Intercontinental Champion and stuff like that, there's votes to go down. But this is, like I said, the Judgment Day has arrived in this match. So scores for this match. Uh, Jaxie, what are you going to give it? I mean, I'm sorry, this is another five-star match for me. Um, not just taking into account you know the overall outcome of just the match itself like that both sets of wrestlers brought their a game this match was just entertaining from beginning to end just loads of things kept on happening that you just didn't know what else was going to happen so yeah another five-star match for me yeah gina pretty much ditto five stars yeah same here as well very rare on any they're kind of paper or PLE, you get two five star maps, but there's definitely are uh, here. Uh, predictions, yes, Gina and Jackson went judgment day. 
and uh, Monty and I went for Zane and Owen, so it means Gina's on four, the rest is on yes. three. Yes, you guys, you guys went, Kevin and Sammy. Honestly. Oh my god, what were you I'm thinking? James? What were you thinking? Yeah, tut, tut. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thinking behind it was, you know, I was just saying deserves maybe better treatment as tag team champions. Uh, maybe they should have gone to AEW instead of re-signing with WWE. We have the Grace and Wallow <laughs> Effect up next with Cody Rhodes, a special guest. Rose said he wanted to be on the show because he had a huge announcement to make. He pulled whatever strings he had to make it happen. And he seemed like he was going to announce he was traded to SmackDown, but instead introduced the newest member of the Raw roster, main event, Jay Uso. From there, the former camp basked in the audience reaction and proceeded to drop Waller with a super kick. Gina, what do you think about this? He quit WWE and he came back a fortnight later, but he's going to be on Raw now. I mean... This is what I was talking about earlier, just in terms of him handing in his notice. It didn't really, like, register with me. He's actually handed in his notice. No, he's just going to have a nice, like, week or two's break, and then he'll be back, you know? So I wasn't actually surprised. I felt it was a bit random. Um, since when does Cody have hiring rights for wrestler contracts in WWE number one because he's acting like he hired Jay back <laughs> and I'm just like um, I'm sure you don't have those rights Cody and then yeah he just brought Jay out and then went backstage said nothing else just went backstage and I, there, yeah, was, I like, why? there was no reason why like why are you getting involved Cody why, why are you bringing him in vice president in WWE, did you know? Yeah, of course. to be able to pull this off. Because if Jay handed his notice in, but he convinced Jay to come back to Raw instead, where he doesn't have to face his family. Um, yeah, it's just not working for me. I'm sorry, it's not. I'm excited to see Jay and see him do a singles run, but it, it's also ultimately not going to not gonna work for me or at this moment in time just the the whole you know leaving and then coming back it didn't work for me because i knew he was gonna be coming back yeah. sooner rather than later so. and again it's WWE doing the kind of long-term storytelling of we know we're gonna get jimmy versus jay but it looks like now it might be wrestlemania so again i'm sure the ride will be fine but you know um cody was over like rover and Grayson was getting better every week. But we'll move on to the Women's World Championship. Raquel Rodriguez versus Rhea Ripley. Ripley's gear paid homage to the late China, which just shows you how important was China to most of the women's roster now. I think it gets forgotten about through time. Uh, Rodriguez matched up power-wise with Ripley and held the power advantage through most of the match. It was definitely a different spot to see Ripley in. Ripley rocked Rodriguez with a drop kick directly to the face and wiped blood from her nose. Two moments that put over the physicality of the match. Rodriguez hoisted the Australian for a powerbomb and drove into the ring post, then whipped into the guardrail for sending the shoulder first into the post. I mean, there were a few spots late. They didn't go according to plan, but they recovered. Dominic Mysterio. I mean, Dom, to get Swan Tom through the table, to recover, to be able to hit Sammy with the Money in the Bank briefcase, to then pick himself back up and come out to get hit by a running power slam. I think we know the MVP is going to be Ripley responded with 
the riptide and the win. Gina, what do you think of the match? Um, I absolutely loved this match as well. I thought it was so good to see right now. We, all we've done is see um, Rhea have good matches, but the the competition's not really been there. So it's kind of been a bit of a no-brainer. But we all, we all knew Raquel could handle Rhea. And we knew that Raquel was going to put up a hell of a fight. And I think Raquel gave her just that, you know? It was just, it, it was such a banger of a match between them both. And again, we all kind of need to remember that Rhea had just put Kevin through a barrier just before this as well. So not saying that she was fully out of it. She was fine and she clearly was able to get back up on her own. But she did suffer a little bit. Raquel did put her to the test and she fully had to bring all of her strength out to get that win. So, um I thought it was such a banger of a match. And just like you said, Dom definitely turned into like VIP for not only like the entire of the Judgment Day, just the entire pay-per-view itself. Just this little weasel who didn't have his own goddamn match, yet he somehow weaseled his way into two different matches and helped with the wins. You know, it's just like you little shit. The year anniversary of him being in the Judgment Day and he proved his worth to the judgment day but like you said these two laid it in the ripley experience right there <laughs> ripley, <laughs> ripley needs more challenges like this you know we need to see ripley against different opponents as well like the power the quickness you know like i said she may be dominant but it doesn't mean she doesn't you know have to have different challenges coming her exactly. way exactly and i definitely think they need to do more more matches like this for Rhea now rather than just constant squash matches until the one big match at the pay-per-view you know they actually need to show Rhea having to like push herself to keep that belt on her yeah yeah. I mean this is she has a chance now we talked about Judgment Day the thing I love about the Judgment Day is that Ripley is the Roman Reigns so if she is going to be the leader then let her defend the title maybe slightly more and be you know as dominant champion as we know she can be. And this was Triple H's wet dream. You know, we talk about China. He looks at Raquel and Ripley and fair play, you know, him for that. Uh, Jackson, what are your thoughts on the match? And for me, though, I mean, uh, Rodriguez is great, but her hit, her as a heel in NXT really works. And I feel as a baby yeah. face, it's not working. She needs to go heel and, and be the dominant uh, competitor that I know she can yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with a lot of what both of you have said. Um, really, really enjoyed this match. Um, you know, the the caliber of, of match that we got between these two women again. Like, the women in both matches dominated across the board. So, like, they really brought their A game um, at payback. And, and it paid off because this match was really great. It was really nice to actually see Rhea have some form of competition that she really had to work for to, like, er- earn her title. Um, and keep that title. So it was really nice to kind of see less of a squash match for her, say, like, you know, what she did with Natalia, um, and more of an actual competitive match where we really didn't know what the outcome was going to be. Um, of course, we all knew Dom was going to get involved. That's his mommy. There is no way he was not getting himself involved. But, yeah, he, him taking out, be, being taken out in both matches, I mean, fair play, because he still turned up on Monday acting all right. Like, I, I, I probably would have been like calling in sick for sure. <laughs> He's special guest for so, free NXT this week. He was fine. Is he? <laughs> yeah. 
what do that today? <laughs> you say that, he's fine, you know, like it, he's just become great. So definitely earned his keep there. Um, I have to agree with you, though. I think that if we had heel Raquel from NXT, this match could have easily gone a different way. Like Rhea and Raquel, when they were both in NXT, had one of the best like sort of feuds um, and they both were healed, I think. Or no, actually, I think Rhea was a face, actually. Um, but either way, like Raquel's level of work um, as a heel is just a, it's a lot more powerful. I'm not saying that she's not good as a, a face. She is. But I just think if we want to make her dominant, just like uh, Rhea, then we need to actually turn her back heel. So I'll be looking forward to that day when when it does happen. And I will love heel Raquel um, so much more. Like just seeing the the amount of smiles, it, it's still weird for me to see this because I'm so used to heel Raquel from NXT. So yeah. bring her back. Raquel as, Raquel as a face is perfect for a dental ad campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is smiling. There's no, yep. like I said, there's no connection with the crowd like with Raquel no. at this moment. And yet, like yeah. the smile when she was a heel was bad for competitive because you knew she was enjoying dishing out the punishment. Uh, but as for yeah. the matchup, Gina, what would you score this out of five? Do you know what? I'm going to give them a five as well because I thought it was a great match and I was so invested. Uh, Jaxie? Funny you should say that. I have that down as a five too. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I thought this is good stuff, but uh, not as good as maybe the two other matches we saw. Prediction-wise, you all went Ripley, Sejina on five, the rest on four. Cena interviewed Priest and Balor. They said brothers fight, but they are on the same side. I thought Cena had shrunk and then realised he was uh, kind of kneeling down, so it's fine. It was main event time then with Seth freaking Rollins defending the World Heavyweight Championship against Shinzuki Nakamura. I will say, if we get here, long gone are the days now of WWE events. I know this was still three and a half hours, but it flew by. With six matches, it is such a pleasure not to have to trudge through, you know, like an AEW show when we've got like 14. You know, we are on the main event now. Uh, Nakamura came out with a really cool comic book style video for he made to his ring. We see the Hall of Famer great Muta sat ringside, acknowledges great inspiration for Nakamura. Um, Rollins said, I know my back's messed up. And he started firing off on Nakamura. He cut down a charge of Nakamura with super kick, halting his attempt at Kinshasa. And then at the end, Nakamura went for a cover, and Rollins rolled out of it, hit a stomp, got to his feet, and retained his championship. After the match, cameras lingered like something was going to happen, but nothing did. We fired out Nakamura attacked Rollins after he went off the air. So it was posted to YouTube instead. So the story of the match. Nakamura working on the back of Rollins, but the champion surviving. Jaxie, we have seen this type of match before. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Sorry, who did you ask that to? Was that me? Yeah, go on. Take the main event. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I I didn't really feel like I was fully like invested in terms of think believing that there was going to be a title change here as much as i was exci- i'm excited by nakamura turning heel um i just believe that like you know at, at this point i didn't believe that there was enough build up 
to believe that he would lose the the belt here. I think if there's like more continuous sort of feuding with Nakamura, there's a strong contendership that he could actually also win as well. But going into this match, you kind of felt like, oh, would Damien make an appearance? You know, um, it could could this go that way instead? Could we all be thinking it's just Nakamura and Seth, but actually Damien could come out at any moment in time as well? Um, so there was always that like playing on the back of my mind. So there was like anticipation throughout the whole match, wondering if he was going to show up. Um, I thought the match was great um, uh, between both of them. I think both of them had really great spots. Um, I knew the outcome of this match was going to be Seth picking up the win, but um, I just, it, it, it sounds bad the way that I say this, but I don't mean any offense to the match itself because it was good. But like, I think that there were so many other exciting matches that with this one, because I felt like I already knew the outcome, it it wasn't as exciting a watch for me. If that makes sense, like that, I had anticipation to see whether or not Damien was going to make an appearance, but like I wouldn't say that there was a lot of stuff in the match that stood out compared to what happened within the other matches. I thought this again. I enjoyed it, but I didn't think they went up a level. And also, yeah. I think another thing that didn't help that out was the crowd didn't believe Nakamura was going to beat Rollins. You know, yeah, so. yeah. That this is this goes back to exactly what I said. Like, I just didn't really feel like there was enough. Um, like, I I believe Nakamura as a as a heel, you know, could actually come across quite dominant. But I feel like he was already thrust into being in that title picture, um, with no n- not enough build up to him sort of really mind fucking with Seth over a few months, you know, and building up to make us believe he would win. You know, and again, I think with Nakamura going into it, it has been more of hurting Seth than taking that title in a weird way, which I don't understand mm. in certain ways. But again, I mean, like I said, when Nakamura is presented correctly, he's one of the best in the world. You know, there's no doubt about that. It's incredible to think this is Nakamura's first uh, premium live event main event. You know, given our you know, winning the War Rumble and everything like this and not actually having a pay-per-view main event. It's interesting. I mean, Gina, what do you think? Because, again, this should have, as Jaxie said, blown the roof off the place, but because of different factors and maybe because of the matches that we had have, it didn't reach that level, would be fair to say. Yeah, I definitely feel that, although the match was great and I love both Seth and Shinsuke, individually and together I feel like the rest of the show was such a banger I feel it was kind of like hard for them to have that spot as the main event because every other match before excluding maybe Mrs. match but you know quite a few matches were bangers throughout the whole night so yeah I don't know a part of me does feel like maybe there wasn't as much hype because people had probably given it to some of the previous matches um, and we're a little bit, you know, tired down at this point. But um, I did enjoy it for sure. I just, like my sister said, I didn't really feel a title change was happening here. So as much as I really like Shinsuke, I I didn't believe like he was going to get the win. So it didn't really feel like a pay-per-view match for me, really, because the, those type of matches, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know who's going to be the winner or I can't really tell. And I just have to make a, a wild guess. But it's like I kind of felt like it was guaranteed Seth was going to win this match. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it, it was enjoyable. But I don't know. Like, 
as a main event. I think it may have suffered a bit because of the other matches earlier in the card were great. But again, that's not to say this match was bad. It's just, it's very, like you said, you get two match of the year candidates on the same show. So for a main event to follow that, it is going to be <laughs> extremely difficult. Uh, so, Jaxie, what would your score for the main event out of five? Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a four. It was great, but it was like, it, yeah, it wasn't as great as the other matches on this card. So for me, it just kind of didn't give that well, enough well factor. And Gina? Um, I gave it a four. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Uh, so predictions. We all went Seth. So final scores. Gina, six. Rest on five. So not only does Gina get the win, but she also gets a perfect score. So Gina, two points. Congratulations wow. to you, Gina. Well done. It's been a long time. I don't since remember if I've score. ever got one of these or if I have wow. in a very long time. So I, I am so happy. <laughs> I do believe it's your first perfect score. So well, you have been. I, I said to you the other day, you've been so so close. We've just won out, so you smashed it this time round. Well done. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And what it means is even more exciting because the AW Prediction League, we know Monty and Jaxie are in the lead there, three to two. Bonus League now. Well, Jaxie's on 11. Gina moves to 12, two points behind me on 14, Monty on 15. The WWE Prediction League. Jaxie's on one, James and Monty on four, Gina takes the lead. So Gina is ahead of WWE Prediction Leagues as well. I bet you didn't think that was going to happen at the start of the year, did you? Well, yeah. Or or hell, the tribal chief. (laughs) Well, I tell you something, again, I'll tell Monty this week because we've got all out next weekend, but I am the only one not leading a prediction league at this moment in time. Gina with WWE, Monty with a bonus league, and Monty and Jaxi with AEW. So, you know, what happened here? Oh, well, at, least yeah. Yeah, at least my failures in WWE um, aren't being reflected in AEW. I'm, I'm winning somewhere. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Unfortunately, next week could all change, Jaxi. Yeah, we don't know this yet. Let's see how things go because, um, you know, things could just be flipped on my head again. <laughs> But at the moment, Jaxie, it's fair to say this is Gina's world and we're just living in it. So hopefully, uh, we can improve with Fastlane next month. You know, you never know. Never know. All start addressing me as the tribal G. Sounds <laughs> like you're right. Yeah, as long as it don't go to your head, you'll be, you'll be right. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the show in itself. Overall, then, I mean, Payback had a very difficult time of it like we said coming off the success of the premium live events this year uh in the middle of all in and all out for me it did deliver in ring uh gina start us off as uh sorry sorry the tribal g uh what would be your score out of 10 for this pay-per-view you know what they were like you know the match card itself it was great and like you said it wasn't so long paced in terms of it was a long event but it it had it gave decent times to every single match and for that I appreciate because we got better quality matches in my eyes rather than you know a stuffed 14 card 
match card um, and just feeling a bit overwhelmed and exhausted from all the different matches you've watched. So for, with that in mind, I'm actually going to give this an eight and a half. Eight and a half, that's a good rating. Uh, Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, um, I have to agree. I'm going to give it an eight and a half as well. I thought it was a really good show. There were some great five-star matches on it. I think that my score would have been a bit higher if the build-up to um, all of these matches and the event itself had had been a lot more present, but it hadn't been. So it was a pleasant surprise to actually see this caliber of matches come out of an event that I wasn't actually looking forward to. Yeah, I completely agree. I think my rating, I'm going to give it nine because, like I said, I don't think we've had a better night of in-ring action in a long time. And I think if this was like <laughs> night one of WrestleMania, we'd be raving it's one of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. But because it's a payback, uh, you know, so... But again, really, really good stuff. Uh, so, Gina, match of the night is difficult. You gave three five stars. What is your match of the night? It's going to Becky and Trish. Yes. Uh, Jack, what's yours? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going with Becky and Trish on this one too. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm going to go Becky and Trish as well because it was an awesome, awesome matchup. My MVP of the night, well, it's Dom for being the most active wrestler on the roster, but also Damien Priest for another match of the year candidate. Of course, against Bad Bunny at Backlash and now again, uh, against Owens and saying he keeps on delivering. I think people forget that. Uh, Jaxie, who's your MVP? Um, I'm actually going Dom on this one. He took the most amount of pain and helped both teams win. Um, so, yeah, Dom's the MVP. And Gina? Yeah, I'll give it Dom as well. Yeah, I think Dom's the MVP all round. Uh, so just quickly, raw notes from September 4th. Zane and Jey Uso reunited to open the show, uh, which is a really nice moment. Drew, Drew still has a problem with Jay. I don't blame him. I do as well. Gunther became the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. He defended his title versus Gable in an excellent main event. Jaxi, I mean, Gunther's a guy I knew a long time ago from NXT UK. I mean, he is he the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time? Uh, just through defences and everything. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? He really has. Um, he really deserves to have that uh, that title um, when you actually look at the level of work he has done over the past year or so. Um, you know, his matches have always been sort of like at the highest calibre. Um, and he's just really sort of overcome a lot in terms of like, look at the weight he lost. He He took on a new name, um, and actually got pe- commanded respect to that name because a lot of people were sort of heckling him with uh wasn't he known as Walter before? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, you know, when when he first started coming across as Gunther, a lot of people still kept on, you know, shouting for Walter and not in, in a way where they're trying to heckle him badly, but because they they preferred that name on him. But now I couldn't even imagine calling him Walter. Like he he is Gunther, you know, um, and he does deserve this um this this honor um and to be honest it was quite um, i'm not gonna lie it's pretty embarrassing to have had your longest intercontinental champion <laughs> in history as the Hunky-talk man for so long so this was a long time coming that someone needed to take that title and i'm glad it was gunther that took that 
Yeah, you're damn right about that. What a champion. And then SmackDown, uh, the 8th of September, LA Knight beat Austin Theory. We then get teased two massive things. First off, LA Knight interrupting Paul Heyman, who was talking business with Adam Pearce. He had Pretty Deadly can never turn to SmackDown. Yes, boy, Pretty Deadly back. Uh, of course, there. and then the Judgment Day promo, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits hit the ring after the match and warned the tag champions that it would be him and his teammates that dominate, dominate, not Judgment Day. In the main event, it was AJ Styles versus Jimmy Uso uh, with AJ Styles getting the victory, but Priest and Balor attacked him. They offered him up on the silver plat for Solo, who laid a phenomenal one out to close the show. Uh, so, Gina, we're getting teased. LA Knight, Roman Reigns, and Bloodline versus Judgment Day. Uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on that as we head into, of course, the Survivor Series' war games? Would you be upset with Judgment Day versus Bloodline? No, definitely not. I know they're going to have to chuck, like, LA Knight in, in the mix, but at the mo- this moment in time, I just can't picture him. <laughs> sort of feuding with the bloodline. I, there, it's not that I don't think he doesn't deserve it, but I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him being the, uh, one of the ones to go against him, you know? But um, we'll see, because my mind might change in a couple weeks' time. So we'll see. But it just it feels a bit odd at this moment in time to try and picture that, you know? Um but yeah, either way, I'll I'll look forward to it. It will be interesting to see what type of bloodline we've got, though, because I'm not sure whether Jay will be ever going back to that or looking to, um, unless they fully turn Roman uh, face, you know? So, yeah, we'll see. And, and they kick Paul Heyman out, because that was <laughs> Jay's problem all along. He wants Heyman out. <laughs> The, the the problem is, I think you've just summed up there in yourself that the bloodline story is getting so kind of Marvel Phase Four or Five now. If you know, what I mean, we're really sure where it's going yet. With the Judgment Day, we kind of this is just beginning. So whatever we're going to have in the next couple of months, I'm sure Judgment Day will be all over our TVs, and I think they deserve it uh, after their performances the past few months. I think it'd be fair to say, Jaxie, with a final word. Mm. Say that again. I think Judgment Day deserve their time in the sun, and like I said, if WWE is about them for the news, then they deserve it. Yeah, for sure, and agree with uh, what my sister says about have it uh, with LA Knight. Kind of, I don't really want him pushed too quickly. You know, we're doing really well with him at the moment. I don't think he needs to be solely chucked straight into a picture uh, with with Roman Reigns at this moment in time. I'd quite actually like a sort of bloodline versus Judgment Day type feud. So I'd like for the Judgment Day to start um, continue their reign for for as long as possible at the moment. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, WWE will be back with Fastlane next month, but of course, back next week with All Out. Uh, so that is it for now, though. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at WR Podcast, I'm at the WRJR. You can find the entire WR team on the Twitter banner. Jackson, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter. At Jaxie Scarlet. 
my, my mute button would not my mute button would not unmute. So I was having a bit of a pickle with my phone. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. Well, at least your microphone doesn't go, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> Gina, what about you? You can find me on both at Purple Pain. Double also on Facebook, Instagram, because all Google platforms send us an email at Double Podcast at gmail.com, YouTube, Double Podcast with the latest clip. Podcast got the same time on YouTube as SoundCloud on your phone, also Spotify and iTunes. You can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, next weekend, all out review. Until then, I've been James Reynolds and was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you very much for joining me. It's been fun. I'm looking forward to the next one already. It will be all out. So, you know, let's see how um, how I continue to fare it in AEW. And, of course, we're joined by the full G today. Gina, you made fools of us all, winning, <laughs> winning perfectly as it was. I am super, super we happy with this being sweet. We acknowledge yeah. our tribal G. I feel, yes. I feel acknowledged and I feel the love. Thank you, guys. And I'm really happy with that. I'm just going to go away from this with the biggest smile on my face until the next pay-per-view or premium live event. Until Monty returns and destroys us all. But we never know. So that is it. Thanks for listening, everybody. And bye.